Welcome to our Saturday simulcast. Actually, Sunday morning, depending on how you look at the time change here, which is going to happen in an hour or so. It's a little bit after midnight Eastern time after the Boilermakers 41 to 13 loss at the big house. Mm -hmm. uh, Michigan did, Purdue did some good things early on, stayed in the game maybe later than later than more than we may have all thought. I don't know. That's my view, but I'm going to start with Tom Deanhart. I guess just uh, I, one thing I'd want to get any reaction uh, from the head football coach, uh, Ryan Walters, or anything that uh, happened in postgame that of note, it was a pretty much a status quo following the Boilermakers' loss. I asked him about, obviously, the comments Thursday, and um, he stood by everything he said, you know, just calling a spade a spade, I think, were the, were the words that he said and was telling the truth. And he was surprised, guys, by the stir nationally that his comments made. He said he woke up Friday morning, I think, got a cup of coffee, turned on Sports Center. He saw that he was on the ticker. And at that point, he realized, hey, I guess what I said uh, really stirred the pot, so to speak. So, yeah, that was a huge storyline, as you know, entering this game tonight. And uh, a lot of questions about it. Purdue did change their signals, didn't have any, any trouble adapting to new signals. I think Mike sent a note to us right after the game. You guys noticed the post-game handshake, right? Yeah, I was going to ask Mike, but yeah. It wasn't an embrace. It wasn't an embrace, but I'll let Mike talk about that. But yeah, Alan, you're right. There were some good things. This thing started off 17 to nothing. Yeah. Just scored touchdowns on his first two possessions and kicked a field goal. Looked like they're going to run away with it. And I think five of the next six possessions, Purdue turned the back on to give up a field goal. It was 20 to six at halftime. Purdue just couldn't penetrate this offense. You know, Ryan Walter said in the post game, he didn't think Michigan had given up 15 points all year. Or I, I, I was going to look up 13. what the points they've given up all year to any in any one game. Yeah. Tan will disappoint me. The 13, the 13 points tonight still on the scoreboard here don't look too bad, right? I know the yeah. last touchdown was kind of a junk touchdown, but still, his point too was this is a very good defense. And uh, Purdue was up against it, guys. The offensive line, I mean, come on. Ben Farrell, Daniel Johnson. At one point, they had Gus Hartwood playing tackle. Tackle, yeah. So, again, they're hamstrung. But a loss is a loss. Michigan covered. But still, even it sounds funny to say that 41 to 13, Purdue could at least walk out of here feeling like it did some good things, right? Right. Michigan didn't cover, right? It was 32. Right? So you're right. They didn't cover. Yeah, yeah, because it was a touchdown. Yeah. That's right. They didn't cover. Well, well, Mike, I was an expert square dancer at Burtsfield uh, back in the day. And what Ryan Walters and uh, Jim Hart, that was an Alaman left, Alaman right. I mean, that was that was all it was, in my view. Uh, Mike, you always have a, a you know, it, we, that was part of the show today. But uh, I thought also, I, I actually really enjoyed Todd Blackledge's comments. I thought I learned some things about what he thought about Hudson Card. Uh, in in his happy feet and some things that he was challenged with, but he also talked about uh, some of his potential. I would have happy feet too if I was playing quarterback in that situation. But just your take on what you saw from the big house uh, uh, in the Boilermakers' loss. Well, I mean, not really a surprise. Uh, not a surprise yeah. that that Michigan got out uh, got out early and kind of suffocated Purdue. Uh, their defense suffocated Purdue early on. But I, you know, I thought overall the defense probably played as well as it as it, as it could, mm -hmm. and you know, and we've seen it. We've seen the trend of the defense actually, you know, keeping Purdue in games. Mm -hmm. You know, 
you know, I know that, you know, the score of the Nebraska game was 31 to 14, but they, you know, they scored on a blocked field goal. Uh, so, you know, I think the defense has kind of made some strides and kind of know what the defense is. They have an identity and they're kind of playing to it. And they've got some, they've got some legitimate playmakers on the defensive side of the ball. They don't have enough, but they've got, they've got some, they're going to keep you. I mean, they held uh, what Michigan to 110 rushing yards. Right. And that's, that's their bread and butter. That's what they do. Uh, they just, you know, they got a bunch of their plays through the air, you know, offensively, we know what it is. You know, they have problems on the offensive line because they don't have enough healthy bodies. They don't have enough playmakers, you know, Hudson card's been, you know, inconsistent. And, you know, what they talked about on the, on the broadcast is, is accurate where, um, you know, that's, that's a, that's a situation he has to, he has to fix uh, in the off season. And now that Purdue kind of is in the off season mode a little bit, I know they have three games and they're going to prepare and they're going to, they're going to work to win those games. But, you know, these next three weeks, are, I think are important to, you know, kind of get out of some of the bad habits you've been doing this season yeah. Kind of set a tone and a foundation as you as you move ahead. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe see some players you haven't seen yet, but all with the idea that you still want to you still want to win games. Is there any chance that Jim Harbaugh may have coached his last game tonight? I don't. I don't know. I mean, there were a lot of rumors about that heading into this game. A lot of them being at least on our on our 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 colleagues at the Wolverine.com were uh, certainly stuff on their message boards. I, I, I don't know, you know, uh, I guess that's a dumb answer because I, I can't be definitive about anything, but boy, it would surprise me still, but uh, they got to I guess they got to do something, but I don't, I don't, I, we don't think we think we can all agree on. They're not going to disqualify Michigan and tell them not to play the rest of the year. I don't well, see Alan, Alan, I, I, the, the big 10 schools, the ADs, these other coaches want a pound of flesh, so to speak, right? Yeah. And I think the commissioner's given them his ear. And there, there was some talk. Even I think ESPN even had a report that they thought there was going to be a suspension forthcoming for Harbaugh. Talking to Chris Ballas and some other people tonight in the press box, something could happen as soon as it's coming week. Yeah. Will it be two games? Will it be the rest of the season? And the, the point is, though, guys, if, if the Big Ten does come down with some type of a suspension, will Michigan appeal it with some type of an injunction just to sort of kick the can down the road, if you will, so Harbaugh can still coach these last games because they got some big ones left, right? Penn yeah. State next week, and of course Ohio State coming here in a couple of weeks too. So maybe we'll get some type of news this week if a suspension does get handed down again. It will be interesting to see how Michigan reacts to that suspension. And Carm's spider senses are about as good as anybody's, and Tom's aren't far behind. So I'm I, if you're sensing it, and if, even if you're smelling it from Laf, from West Lafayette, uh, <laughs> maybe there's something to it. All right. I don't, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, anything that happens between the Big Ten and Michigan will be a joint effort. Yeah. I mean, I mean, the Big Ten's going to you – know, what really needs to happen is Michigan needs to suspend Jim Harbaugh. Yeah. I think that, that was – yeah, yeah needs to do it. Michigan needs to have some teeth to this. Mm-hmm. There appears to be enough evidence that this went on for at least two years, maybe longer, and the Big Ten and Michigan have to do something with this. They just can't let it slide. As we know, the NCAA won't get to it for another 10 years. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
No, I, I agree with you. I, I just, I just, I have a hard, I, I don't know, man, maybe it's just to mention the coach and maybe you're right. Maybe if Michigan uh, makes a, if I don't think you'd call it a preemptive strike this late in the game, but uh, it would be a strike of sorts to, to not, obviously a huge one. If, if Carbaugh can't coach against Penn state next week in that big, that big noon game uh, yeah. in happy Valley, it, it would be. A, all right. I want to talk a little bit about, Purdue, uh, uh, that's what we're here for. But also, just two things. One, one, I want to get a little bit on Nick Scorton and 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 Kydron Jenkins again. Took to me, they did it against the big boys today. I, I was very impressed by the way they played, and uh, wanted to get your comments. And then just, I'm looking at the last three games here, and yes, Minnesota loses today. Northwestern and Iowa barely combined for a total of 310 yards, and Iowa wins that game in Wrigley Field by hitting the ball into, into near, not on Sheffield, but either that kick up that ex, ex, or field goal made it to the bleachers into the Northwestern band to, uh, for Iowa to win that game. And Indiana may be the most impressive of the bunch uh, beating Wisconsin today. Uh, obviously Purdue is going to struggle to win any one of those threes, but it's really, really important. It's something that there's a foundation to build from Jenkins, Scorton, Thieneman, give you some of that, uh, yeah. What do you think, uh, Mike? I'll start with you on this. What, what the importance of something's good? If, if you're Ryan Walters, uh, you need something good to come out of these last three weeks, even though you're no longer bowl eligible. Well, as I mentioned, I, you know they're they're going to play to win these games as they should, yeah. but they have to the playing to win. But also, you have to have an eye to 2024 a little bit as far as you know what you know another potential fumble almost happened tonight. So. We they've got to they've got to cleanse some of these bad habits that they've created this year out of their system uh, during these last three weeks and kind of start over uh, as you go into twenty twenty four and we don't know what the I, I'm not a big believer in offset season momentum and now I, I don't think it exists because we have no idea what the roster will look like next year That's we don't true. know who's in we don't know who's leaving uh, yeah. so if you think you have momentum it gets taken away when five players transfer so. Mm -hmm. I, I think Purdue needs to, you know, kind of get itself right a little bit here, uh, finish out the season strong. They're they're gonna they're gonna struggle to win any of these three games just True. based on how they're playing right now. But I think they need to have some good things happen, whether it's some more developmental players, you know, maybe Hudson Card takes a step forward with some of the things that he struggled with this year. You know, Mockaby gets on track by hanging on to the ball. I mean, your offensive line is a mess. You know, you're doing, they're doing the best they can with what they have. And, mm -hmm. you know, defensively, you've got pieces there that can really provide an anchor these last three games. Yeah, I guess I look at this, and Tom, I'll come to you, but it, I look at it from a true fan interest and marketing standpoint, and that's where I'm probably – I agree with you, Mike. I think you gotta you got to have other things in terms of momentum, but you do – I learned today, at least from Nate Barrett, 2, 000, only 2,000 tickets left for next week. That yeah. surprised me a great deal. And yet, so I, I thought there'd be a lot, and there will be some empty seats next week. But but my point is that momentum needs, the fan base needs to feel like it's going in the right direction, even though you're right, we're going to see how many. We may see 10 to 12 new players uh, in the lineup. I'm sure we will uh, from that standpoint. But Tom, how do you, how do you view this? And I, I think, Mike, you're right on that momentum thing, but go ahead. Yeah, you're right. You know, Ryan talked tonight about a few guys that saw the field basically for the first time. Ahmad Branch made the travel roster. He's a true freshman from Festus, Missouri, a wide receiver. He said Zion Steptoe got some reps 
The former receiver is now a cornerback. We've seen another true freshman, George Byrne, play you know a handful of snaps in recent weeks as well. So he talked about maybe getting a look at some of these guys if they earned it. He said if they earn it down the stretch these last three games. He talked exactly what Mike said. He wants to win these games. You know, he's not going to play guys just to play guys. He wants to try to still win these games, obviously, too. So, yeah, and, you know, and again, to Mike's point, you know, these rosters almost get reinvented on an annual basis now with the way college sports are, are set up. So who knows who's going to transfer? You know some schools are going to come after Nick Scorton. I mean, I, I don't know if Jenkins going to come back for a fifth year or not. He's eligible, too, if he wants. So there's always going to be guys other schools are going to try to get as well. Who's going to come in from the portal? So, yeah, just a lot of moving parts here. But Purdue wants to obviously finish strong here and, and try to sort through the guys on their roster now. And if they can, like I said, get a look at some of these younger guys too uh, down the stretch. There should be some opportunities. But like you said, guys, man, Minnesota, you know, Northwestern, Indiana aren't going to be turnovers and or, or pushovers. And yeah. we were talking, and I, who do you think, if you had to pick, who's the fourth best team in the Big Ten? Who is the fourth best team in the Big Ten? Think about that. It's quite a conundrum. It really is. Did they have Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Rutgers? I don't know. I don't know. It's not Wisconsin? Not Wisconsin? No. Not Iowa? Is it Iowa? 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 No. Uh, Maybe it is Rutgers. I don't know. It's a great question. I, I And I think the other storyline, and Tom's covered recruiting, and we're not going to go down this rabbit hole, but a big thing will, too, is just trying to hang on to – I'm not, I have no, we, I, at least from, I don't have any intel about guys that are, that could flip, but just there's so much that's got to go into keeping that class and through December, getting them signed, getting them to West Lafayette. Uh, and, and certainly again, that roster is going to, you know, you got any, you got, you got open season on your linebacking core, let's be honest uh, in terms of what, to, what the Boilermakers need. There's open season on the offensive line with a couple of exceptions. I know that if Moose and Bo get back, then maybe that'll, that'll, that'll be fine, but yeah, it's a, uh, but I, I, so I still think you want to win, you know, we, we're, we all agree it would, would help Purdue a lot not to finish the season two and 10 and, uh, and give at least the fan base uh, some hope that uh, things are heading in the right direction. So the, it, the recruiting class will do that if they can keep it intact and still be ranked, so to speak, I think that can help. So uh, from that standpoint, all right, Mike, uh, I'll give you guys both a, a parting shot or a comment to what, what, uh, anything else that you look, you were thinking about something, Mike, I could tell. So, uh, you were going to make a comment of some kind. It's not about, to, um, we, we thought early on, we were going to be talking about women's basketball during this. <laughs> so it's to UCLA. So we've done better than that, but, but let's, uh, what, what say you here as you, as you close this thing down? Well, you know, again, I don't, I don't think, you know, the fact that Purdue, Kind of hung with Michigan, I think is a you know obviously a positive. I thought they did some good things defensively, but in the big picture, this you know what happened tonight doesn't matter a whole lot, you know, because now you you're going to face three teams that are kind of in your weight class of the Big Ten. Yeah, and how do you match up with those three teams? And that, you know now that we're out of divisions, you're not going to see those teams every year, but these are your peers in the Big Ten. How do you match up against them? Um, how do you play against them? Can you can you sneak out a win or two in these last three to kind of just feel good about yourself as you head to the offseason? So, you know, I think that'll be the object, objective. That's what they'll want to do. Uh, 
but we'll see if they have the horses uh, to do it because Minnesota is an extremely physical team and has given Purdue problems over the years. And at Northwestern, at, at its best, has been pretty good this year. Mm-hmm. You know, and Indiana's kind of gained some momentum here over the last couple of weeks. So, you know, Purdue's got three tough games it has to, it has to play. And uh, you just want to see some more improvement, individual improvement and maybe individual development over the last three weeks. All right, Tom, I will say this. I, if I was an odds maker, I'm not sure Purdue's a favorite in any one of the three uh, down the stretch. Maybe. Depends what happens to IU, I suppose. But uh, give us your final thoughts here before you we get let you get back to work and get yeah. you out of Michigan Stadium. Yeah, just again, try, trying to finish with, with a, I guess, um, you know, they're on a, a, a four-game losing streak now. The offense has scored – 14, 7, 14, and 13 points the last the last four games. I'm not sure if that's going to improve that much with the offensive line being so banged up. It is maybe maybe against these upcoming opponents it can, but you'd like to get a, I guess the bad taste out of your mouth and, and, and at least get the get a good feeling in everybody's uh in everybody's you know mind as you're heading toward that offseason. Uh uh, yeah, and, and try to get a look at some of the young guys on the roster we, we talked about earlier. Uh, uh, we saw even another two freshman, Jimmy Liston, play a little bit tonight on the offensive line. So maybe we'll see more of that moving forward. Uh, so again, just a chance to evaluate the roster and, and try to build some some confidence in developing at least a winning edge in these last three games. Uh, so like you said, Alan, you don't finish the season two and ten. All right. Uh, I think that's a fair assessment. I think this may be our last midnight version of the year. We've had about three or four. Uh, and and that's that's enough. I don't think we're going to have a 7.30 game the last three weeks. So when, we know next week's at 3.30. And I can't imagine Purdue Northwestern will be. But I second I say that, it could happen, I suppose. So, all right, guys. Thanks so much for your time. And uh and uh, combat pay for this time of night, but uh, we will appreciate that. Tom, safe travels back to West Lafayette tomorrow, and uh, we'll well today actually, and uh, we'll look forward to what you say and and write uh, throughout the week. So, guys, have a great rest of your evening. Thank you to the Union Club Hotel, uh, and a reminder too that you can in fact subscribe to GoldenBlack.com. In fact, we really like you to do so. It's a really uh tom's work brian's work mike's work uh something worth uh, uh subscribing or becoming a member we hope you'll consider doing that so have a good rest of your evening or or your morning and uh, we'll talk next week after the purdue minnesota game